Welcome to the Crater Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss all the JavaScript news that's happened on Crater.io this week. This episode is for Friday, June 17th, 2016. This episode is brought to you by Modulus.io. They're an easy way to deploy your application, no matter the language or framework that you're using. They are great for deploying JavaScript applications using technologies such as Node.js, Meteor.js, Feathers.js, and many other frameworks. They recently updated their build process for Meteor to include uploading the code to a build server. They use a Docker component to create the build and output a consistent application that gets sent to the servos making it more reliable and easier for you to deploy your Meteor application. Check them out, modulus.io. DigitalOcean is the best place to get your Meteor application off the ground quickly and the easiest to scale when you find success. I host crater.io there, so I understand DigitalOcean. Start with a pre-configured one-click launch, such as Node.js, to get it up and running in 55 seconds or build the exact infrastructure you need with root access to servers running 100% SSD and state-of-the-art data centers around the world. DigitalOcean is the fastest growing cloud infrastructure provider because it's built for developers and laser focused on its mission to create simple and elegant solutions for developers and teams. Use the promo code CRATER10 on the billing page when you sign up for $10 to get started. Welcome, Crater fans. I'm your host, Josh Owens, along with my co-host. Abby Iyer. Man, you know, it just occurred to me, like, we got to get you on the on the website. I think it's still, like, Ben's name and picture. Oh, yeah? The co-host. Uh-oh. Finally getting rid of Ben. Kick him to the curb. No, we love Ben. I wish he'd come back. Like, I want him to come on more episodes of Space Dojo Show. <sighs> yeah. We've been tinkering with... Uh... With IoT, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's doing his thing in a completely different world now. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I may have him on the show. I may, we may, just to get him back on, we'll talk about his uh, his new job. <laughs> That'd be cool. I think the listeners would like that too. They probably yeah. are sick of me, so they need to see Ben again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this week we are talking about building a game with Rethink DB and Meteor, Generators, Meteor 133, and soon 1331, and Camp 2016. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I'm very excited. Like, the last topic is going to be fun. Yeah, so the first one today, honestly, I think it's more about Rethink DB than it is about building the game. Yeah. But it was built with... Meteor and with RethinkDB. And he just talked about why RethinkDB felt like a good fit for this. This particular app probably would not suffer from live query scaling problems. So yeah, I, it's, it's, quite there's a little cool, irony yeah. in the post that he's talking about live, live, live query not scaling. Like I, I look at something like real user monitoring or application performance monitoring, like absolutely those need some pretty hefty databases to deal with that kind of write load and yes live query doesn't deal well with a heavy write load in all honesty but rethink db does look interesting and he was able to get it all working 
just kind of running over everything and, and building his own queries and returning some stuff. And yeah, it, it's a decent read if you're interested in using RethinkDB. To me, I actually think it might be make more sense to do something like Apollo or GraphQL here. Yeah. Trying to munge into DDP, personally. This post is kind of like, the use case for RethinkDB, I, I don't really see it here, right? With Meteor, all the reactivity that we get is, is you know, via MongoDB and LiveQuery, right? But he's making some claims that RethinkDB probably is, can scale better and maybe has less CPU usage and all that stuff. I don't know how many products that are out there at scale using RethinkDB to manage their whole application. Yeah. So once I get some evidence on that, I can see their CPU usage, then I'll maybe believe some Rethink hype. But if you're making a to-do app and you're talking about scale, like, come on, man. Like, you can, <laughs> I don't know. Like, viewers, you got you to gotta realize what you're trying to measure, right? You, you, need to, you need to test and measure, but you actually need to understand what you're measuring, right? Yeah. You cannot compare and contrast LiveQuery and RethinkDB for a small trivial app that has no, con- like, no concurrent connections or even, like, data, a data model that it can scale, right? The data structure for these games, I don't know what they are, but I bet you it's not you know, a mass, like several collections or several tables of, of data, you know? Like, I don't know how frequently their DDP messages are constantly changing, or they're not even using DDP in this case, but that whole publish-subscribe change invalidation stuff, what, is, what are those characteristics, right? It's hard to read this post and say, I'm going to start using RethinkDB tomorrow and forget live query. Like it's, you know, that does not make the case here. Yeah, I would agree. Like I, we had an interesting talk with, um, the CEO of Raygun and like, to me, like scaling a service is completely different than like just building a little app. Right. And like, this is a little app. And even if you put in like, I'm connecting to another player, it's still not a hard scaling problem to deal with. I worked on Words with Friends, which is a similar type of system, and we were able to just add a ton of Ruby servers to kind of handle the load. Yeah. And it really wasn't that bad. Now, granted, there were times where, like, we were under the crush of millions of people, like, playing after dinner, and, like, that was tough to deal with. But when it comes to scaling, like, a lot of times it's just deciding what makes the most sense. And, like, if live query is your problem, you move on to something else, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure, like in this particular use case, I don't see live query being the problem. And you're right. Like Chet Korkos made a comment that said with MongoDB, all the re- reactivity is handled inside of node, especially when it comes to meteor, but with yeah. rethink DB, all the reactivity is handled in the database. So it's possible to mm-hmm. think that rethink uses more CPU, but you're not measuring it. I'd also yeah. be skeptical that rethink DBs, Reactivity scales very well. I think any generic solution is going to have performance issues. So, also in the example here, you, even though you're using rethink, you're still piping it through a media publication using the lower level publish API to add whatever documents you get from RethinkDB. So I don't understand the overall gain, gain here, but well, that's something to watch out, right? You, you could theoretically still just use, like, it, it would be weird, right? Because you're making requel queries on the server and then Mongo queries on the client with mini Mongo. Yeah. 
I mean, in reality, like we, we were talking about this the other day for a client project I'm doing, like mini Mongo is really just a client side cache of data, right? Yep. Uh, it's just an in-memory data store that you can use. So it's similar to things like Redux or any other store that you could find out there. Mm-hmm. I guess you, you, you build it one way on the back end and another way on the front end. Yeah, kind of like gets away from the meteor approach. That's why I would say like something like Apollo or GraphQL starts to make more sense because you can write the resolvers on the back end and then you're just getting some data on the front end doing what you want with it. Yeah, and the the API is a lot cleaner than having to manage two APIs, right? But anyway, that was cool. The next article today is from Ben, and I'm going to screw up his last name because it's really hard do good. Do good. Like doing good. Like do yeah. good. Do good. Yeah. And do good. Who is apparently a, a university student at University of Florida, and he, he's on Medium. He's been writing these several posts, which are very well, very well done. Which is like adventures in asynchronous programming. And you know, he had one explaining the event loop. He had one talking about asynchronous functions, and then this post is about uh, ES6 generators. And before we get into the post, because he goes into like how generators work, what are the methods, like a little, like some examples, which are really cool. I wanted to talk about like what generators solve, right? Like when we write functions today in JavaScript, we are assuming that a function is going to run and then it's going to end, right? And we don't have any assumptions of like, you know, maybe pausing execution of functions like we don't really have to worry about you know multi-threaded problems where you're running several functions on diff- several threads and they can conflict or you you pause one and you didn't start it like all these little management issues because we're in a single-threaded environment which is JavaScript. But you still want to have this ability to pause execution. It's you know you want to be able to pause executions of some process whenever the hell you want because that's the kind of power you want as a developer, or if you're building some kind of complex system, you want those abilities to do that. So an ES6 generator is a new type of function denoted with the star, and it allows you to essentially pause and resume functions or return values or do anything special that you want to do. And how it works is you create this function with this you know, pretty, pretty syntax, you know, like the star syntax, and then you put these things called yield statements and you can yield values. And in Ben, he goes into all of that on the how generators control flow works. And he goes into there's like two, three methods that you really want to pay attention to. There's the generator.next. And that what, what that does is it essentially will pause. It'll run this function. It'll pause. And then it'll wait for a resume message. And like essentially that next function is a resume the function type deal. And then there's return. And return just simply returns the value and terminates the whole function, which is pretty useful. And the great thing about this post is he has code examples because a lot of this stuff is, is pretty hard to understand. I guess real world application, the real world application of generators can be found if people are interested in seeing like an actual library built with it, if you guys go look at Redux Saga, and it uses generator functions to do its action creators. You, all the asynchronous action creators in Redux, you can go look at Redux Saga. It's all built with generators, and it, it builds upon this 
exact function or gender function. Like that. Yeah. So great job, Ben. Do good. That was a really, he really did good on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's in the Space Dojo Slack channel too. So He is. He is. And his company or not his company, but his projects I think are a lot of, like he's really diving into like the Redux, the functional programming. And I think that's what inspired these, you know, line of posts. So, yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Generator functions in general are hard to understand because you never really had the opportunity to do, to use them before, you know, until recently. And even then you don't really understand where it fits in. And you could probably go your whole life without writing a generator function and you'd be fine. Because I don't think there are that many use cases that you really need to use a generator function. Yeah, there's definitely use cases, right? Like, so Ruby has similar concepts in it. And, like, I'm glad to see this and have this type of uh, function back in the arsenal. So you're absolutely right. Like, I haven't had a, a chance to really find a use case where I could use one. But Yeah. The best way to learn them is just to start using them. And luckily, because I do a lot of Redux work, I got to get familiar with it. If you're wanting to use generator functions, like try looking at a library that's using it for its implementation so you can kind of understand how it works in context. Because as great as Ben's examples are, they're not really useful context for you to say like, oh yeah, this is a cool function. Let me go like into my big old app and like put it in there. You know, it's really hard, but uh, it's a great place to start. So Meteor 133 came out this week. One three three. Are you on one three three yet? No, I am on one three two four. Okay. And I refuse to. I refuse to upgrade for a bit, just just to be safe. <laughs> I'm not trying to get bad again. Finally, got through all that one point three BS, and our app is now running one point three. Nice in production. Okay. We're gonna launch it in production on Tuesday. Nice. So we're just testing it, making sure everything's cool. The funny thing is people, when I announced that we finally merged, I told people like, all right, like you're not in the matrix anymore. <laughs> you, know, you can get up and you can see the world now. And uh, a lot of people who JavaScript wasn't their first language coming into our company, they assumed that like the meteor way of old meteor way of doing things was actually like how you do things, you know? So now that now we have people actually having to learn how NPM works and stuff like that. Cause these are backend developers. They don't really, they didn't really know all this stuff going in. So it's going to be a, another learning process for, for us to teach and do all that. So. There's a few interesting things in here. Like phantom JS is no longer shipping uh, by default as a, like part of the bundle. There's some changes to, like how Babel is being run, how like they've added some new stuff to the import statements. So like, number one, I would highly suggest people go and check out the change log for this. This is going to be the last release, unless there's some kind of security vulnerability, this will be the last release that uses node 0.10. Uh, yep. So the next release we'll see is 1.4, which is uh, going to be started testing as release candidate soon, or at least as a beta soon, which I'm super excited about. Like to me, this feels like a, a filler release. Um, there's some stuff in here, like they've got more like 
DDP callbacks are now batched on the client. So that's maybe kind of interesting. There's, there's another thing in here. I should really read more on this. The meteor.apply now takes a no retry option to opt out of automatically retrying non-idempotent methods on connection. And so if people don't know about this, like if a method hasn't returned and you run it and you didn't get that return value, but your connection like disconnects and reconnects to the DDP server, you're going to actually re-request that method to run. And yep. <laughs> that one has bit me in the butt a few times. I actually, the only reason I knew about it is because I had a long running method. My very first experience with Meteor, I had a long running method that would say like, go stream this movie and like, you know, a movie's like two hours. And so fire, yeah. a, you know, a request to the Apple TV to start streaming a movie. And like, it would just, if it died in the middle, like when it started back up, when the app started back up or something, then it would refire that call and start streaming the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> that was like my way of finding out that this would happen. And you can do, if you do like this.unblock and return right away, Yep. And you can still run code. That's fine. Um, but it'll, you know, happen in the background and not retry later. But this is good that it looks like there's a way to tell it not to retry. Yeah, that's really helpful on mobile. Uh, we, run, we run a couple of methods on uh, like the native, our native apps that on like startup methods. But if you like disconnect, which happens frequently, like, you know, uh, you, when you reconnect that, those methods fire. We've hit some CPU like CPU intensive like times where all the mobile apps were just like firing, and um, sometimes they were even double calling the method on on a restart. So you get like two methods firing. It was a bunch of bugs, and your CPU when when methods go long like that, you're just like you know you're just gonna shoot yourself in the foot, and your users are gonna hate you probably. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, another one that I found really interesting is the Mongo collections. You can now define mutation methods. So if people don't know this, like Meteor's uh, client side inserts, right? Like the, the, the stuff you do allow deny for, like those are just methods. And yeah. so they, they're just defined on the server. When you define a collection, those are defined. And when you make that call, you're under the hood, you're really just making a, a method call. And yeah. so this now allows you to define your own, it looks like, if I'm reading this right, uh, which is a little puzzling, right? Like you read the guide and you're like, mm, allow deny is kind of not recommended for obvious reasons that we've been over on the show before. And yeah. Like why, why, why are we, why are we doing this? Why are we continuing down this path? I don't know. This yeah. <laughs> For this new release, like this one, I think what excites me the most is the Babel compiler changes. So you can actually put your own Babel RC. Uh, configurations, you know? Yeah. In the Babel RC file. So that's going to be really cool. If you want to start writing ES7 uh, or 2016 or 2017 <laughs> or whatever, whatever number it is now, modern JavaScript, <laughs> um, once I write modern JavaScript, you can start doing that, which is super cool now. You can start using decorator functions and all that stuff, you know, and yeah. even the generators and async await. So it kind of like opens the door there. I'm excited. I mean, again, I haven't used it, but I think it'll be good. But my hope is one four follows pretty quickly behind it. Yeah. You know, like I think they wanted to just get a lot of this stuff into the code base so people could upgrade it 
incrementally make sure yeah. everything works, nothing breaks in this release. And then when you make the leap to 1.4, like obviously I think that's going to be, that's going to be much bigger for a lot of people. Like yeah. moving to node four is going to be, I think it's going to take some testing and some uh, poking and prodding, like testing your entire yeah. app. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Also another cool thing from 1.33 is you can, you can do is server is client wraps around import statements. Because mm, yes. today you can't do that. Yeah. And that's actually really cool because now you can like structure your, your, uh, your entry points a lot cleaner now. Yeah. So the only thing that was kind of weird though, was that an import, like some of the changes they made to import statements only apply to the application modules. They don't apply, like you can't use some of the new import yeah. stuff in packages. So I would yeah. definitely like take some time to look over that and whatnot. Yeah. Take some time to plan out your app going forward. If you're using packages, because, <laughs> uh, you know, the way you migrate your code to imports or whatever you're going to do, it's going to be a little tricky, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not at all. It's not tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. All right. So, so NYC. One? Yeah. All right. There's this thing called Meteor Camp that's on July 8th to 11th. And it's at the United Nations in New York City mm -hmm. for this thing called Open Camps. And there's going to be a bunch of open camps in the month of July. And uh, Adrian, right? Lanning, yeah. Adrian Lanning, or A. Lanning on, uh, on Meteor, <laughs> or GitHub, or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Adrian Lanning, he's the, the organizer for the uh, Meteor Open Camp, which is our Meteor Camp in New York City. Mm -hmm. So, and, and if you guys don't know, it's going to be, it's gonna, hopefully it's going to be a good, big event. They're going to have a bunch of meteor speakers, including Josh and myself. And the, the front runner, the person who's uh, keynoting the whole thing is Arunoda. And they actually, this is actually a non, non-profit um, conference or camp or whatever. And they're using the donations and all that they've gotten to actually get Arunoda to come to the United States. So that's actually pretty cool. There are other speakers. I think Abigail Watson is speaking. Some people from uh, Classmates.io, which is another media app. So there's going to be a, oh, and Thomas Gold, I think. Is his name Thomas Gold? Thomas or whatever his name is. He he blogs about React and Media. He's going to be there. So it's it's going to be a cool cool little media conference. You know, we we haven't had an official one yet. We've had the unconferences. We've had Meteor or the Meteor Club camp, right? Space camp. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the Meteor events that have happened in the community. But we haven't had anything quite like this where people are going to be coming from all over the world or the states to come talk about Meteor. And yeah. actually, my, like, my talks are definitely not going to be about Meteor like per se, but it's like going to be about like if you're using Meteor, how to like do some stuff. I think you would still learn something if you come to this event and you're not necessarily using media in production, like you're just using it for fun or something. You're still going to learn a lot about just general JavaScript. Yeah. And Arnota is definitely going to do some cool little demos, I'm sure. So. Yeah. Well, I think his talks on like 
what meteor is going to look like in 2018, I think he said. <laughs> that's, that's quite the, the date target to pick. I think even picking 2017 is going to be hard to predict. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Like, I still haven't decided what I'm going to talk on. I'm kind of torn. Like, I could do something on Cordova and building mobile apps, or I could do something on uh, taking meteor after production, like some of the things you got to yeah. watch out for there. Or my other thought is like, why you should be looking outside of Meteor and looking at other technologies and why like being a one, one trick pony isn't good for your career. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think that's cool. Might be, might be kind of like not in the right crowd for that kind of conversation. <laughs> Maybe. You never know. You never know. Well, like, a bunch of Meteor fanboys and girls that are like super like diehard about like, you know, cause I'm going to say DDP, and PubSub sucks. And I don't want someone to come in and like shoot me or something, you know, like <laughs> don't want any of that stuff to happen. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a great event and they're actually accepting donations. So whether you can go or you can't go, uh, those donations help, you know, get all the speakers to the, the, the place and helps kind of sponsor the event. They're going to give out lunch and stuff. So essentially if you really care about this whole open source and the tech community of Meteor, um, you could contribute and, you know, pledge like 20 bucks or something like that if you have the money and do that. And it'd be cool. It'll help Adrian out and help pretty much all the speakers out too because we're going to be taking time out of our days and coming and doing all this stuff. So I haven't even bought my plane ticket, so I'm screwed, but it's going to be fun. I'm going to make a little trip out of it. Yeah. We're going to drive in. We We got a new car a couple months ago just for like – we don't have a trailer yet, but for hauling a trailer for taking long road trips with the family. And so we're going to, we're going to load that thing up. We're going to drive in Tuesday, I think the fifth, and right. we're going to say like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I guess we'll leave Sunday to come back home because the kids have stuff yeah. on that Monday, but we're gonna make a little family trip out of it. So it should be That's pretty cool. Yeah, fun and exciting. Like my kids have never been to New York City, so it's gonna be a new life experience for them. Uh, yeah. I haven't even been to New York City, so Really? Nice. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm a California guy, man. I don't leave <laughs> why would I leave this sun out here, man? Look at that blue sky. Nice. Hopefully it's not cold or super hot there. Man, today's actually been pretty nice here. It's like 85 out, high of 85. Awesome. That's pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, so please, everyone, if you're interested, come. Um, yeah, it's and, Meteor uh, Camp NYC. Yeah. And nice all the links will be in the show notes so you guys can do your thing. Oh, most most definitely. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think maybe we'll do a show. I'll bring my uh, Rode audio gear and uh, maybe we can do a show. It's an excuse to get a nice mic for that thing, huh? Yeah. We could even continue doing the video. That could be nice uh, with like you, me, and Aeronauta or something. Or Yeah. That'd I be a fun. You know what we could do? And here's a really interesting idea is like i know can see dots when he went to angular conf for his javascript air podcast he would like do like two minute q a with the person that just came off or just talked um, or you know who was a speaker for the day they would just do two minute q a's 
So maybe what we could do is we could cover the whole weekend or the days that we're there and we just do like talk to the actual people that are presenting yeah. and that could be a lot of good uh, content for our show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I've got I've got nice nice gear. It's like a Zoom H6 and some heads up mics. Um, and I got three of them and we can plug it into the zoom. So me and another person, like we could just have like a quick two to five minute conversation, like you're saying. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Cool. Do it. Do it. Do it live. (laughs) Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. As always, check out, uh, modulus.io and digitalocean.com. If you're looking for hosting, they are, they're the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you, uh, if, if you disagree with anything we said on the show, hit up those YouTube comments. Cause I'm going to reply to them. <laughs> nice. They're doing the replies. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been, uh, someone was asking about, uh, well, that was space dojo show, but they were asking about like redux and stuff. So yeah, you guys are having a conversation. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, as always, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Meteor Club. And you can, for 10 bucks a month, you can join, uh, for any amount, you can support the show. And then for 10 bucks a month, you can join the Slack channel and get access to some of the smartest dang people I know. Yep. (laughs) Next time. This has been a Space Dojo production. You can find out more information about Space Dojo at spacedojo.com. It's easy to join the mailing list and stay in the loop. That's S-P-A-C-E-D-O-J-O dot com.